Hey everyone, happy Sunday evening. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. I know it's been a while. Uh, you guys have been seeing some of the greatest hits from the road and I've been on the road just a lot and all over the country. We're going to talk about kind of where I've been and where we're going. Before we get started, I want you guys to notice, you know, I've been dressing up a little bit for you guys. You see me out on the roads. A lot of times I'm wearing a suit. Even with you guys, I've been kind of focusing on looking a little sharper for you guys. But today I'm in all my COS gear. This is actually still my favorite COS hat. I love this hat. Probably one of my favorite all-time COS shirts. I will not comply. And we have a big announcement. We have relaunched the COS store. So you can find that store at conventionofstates.com forward slash store. And it looks really cool. We got a bunch of cool new gear, more coming. Special for you guys tonight. Uh, if you use the code COS15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So if you like the hat, if you like the shirts, if you like the gear, support Convention Estates. And by the way, I just want to tell you, we keep it as cheap as we can. There's a comment I want to address. We get a lot of comments about how come all your stuff isn't made in the U.S.? And the answer is we do everything we can. And we let you know if you want made in the U.S. stuff. We've got a bunch of that on there. Sometimes we just can't find certain things made in the U.S. or the price point's so high that when we do it, everybody complains and nobody buys the stuff. So, you know, we're trying to do the balance. I want to assure you what we try to do is stay away from anything made in China. China is an enemy of the United States. They're an enemy of yours and mine. So the stuff that we have that's not made in the U.S. is generally made in friendly countries, countries that the U.S. has a good relationship with. That's important. So we're doing the best we can to balance all that stuff for you, keep the prices reasonable, give you the goods you want, uh, give you a good price point on everything you want, allow you to be sporting the gear. And the reason you want to be sporting the gear is you want to be spreading the message. So it's really not, we don't make a ton of money on, on the store. Mainly it's to get the brand out there so you guys can talk about Convention Estates. So again, go to conventionestates.com forward slash store COS15. We'll talk about that at the end before we close. That'll allow you to get all the gear you want at a good discount price. All right, so what's going on? Why haven't I been live on the Battle Cry the last few weeks? And the answer is travel, 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 and more travel. I've literally been all over the country just in the last week. Of course, I'm home here in Texas. I flew out. I was in Iowa for a couple of days. There was a bunch of weather stuff going on. I had to get to Wyoming. We didn't know if that was going to be plausible, but I did. I flew to Denver. I drove to Cheyenne. I got to tell you, talk about taking a bullet for the team. Yesterday, actually, so what would that have been? Uh, Thursday morning, I woke up in Cheyenne and it was minus 22 degrees. All right, now I know some of you who live in the north, you're going to say, oh, that's no big deal. I'm a Texan, man. It doesn't get to minus 22 degrees here. And with the wind chill, it was minus 35. I can tell you, even the locals in Cheyenne were complaining. So it was cold. We're still taking it for the team. By the way, that day, I couldn't bundle up in a parka and everything. I'm in a suit. I had to wear an overcoat. I had the, you know, the scarf around my neck, the gloves on. It was cold. Even the locals complaining. But I did it for you guys. I did it for the movement. So let's talk about what's going on all over the country. I'm going to pull down a list here so I can give you kind of the latest and greatest. So uh, yesterday I was, or sorry, Thursday, I was in Wyoming. And uh, we had passed the Wyoming Senate already, 17 to 3. Now it was in the House Revenue Committee. It was pretty stressful, I got to tell you. I didn't know what was going to happen. We had a bunch of great grassroots there. I was there with our great regional director, Dave Schneider. I testified in front of that committee. You might have been able to watch that live yesterday or on Thursday, sorry. It was pretty extraordinary to watch. And when the votes came down, whew, it was close. But we came out of that committee 5 to 4. One of our sponsors actually flipped on us and voted no. I think we're going to get her back, but 
man, I'll tell you, I was sweating it all the way through that hearing. Now where we're at in Wyoming, it's we are down to the wire. Monday is tomorrow is the last day of session in Wyoming. And so the question is, will they get to the Convention of States resolution? We're literally one vote away from state number 20. We got the John Burke Society out there lying and, and smearing and saying all the usual garbage they say. They are co-conspirators now with the League of Women Voters, which is a hardcore leftist pro-abortion group. They're standing side by side with the John Birch Society saying all the same crazy runaway stuff. But we got a shot. I'm going to tell you, uh, it's a bank shot. We'll see what happens. But Monday, Wyoming, watch for potentially for state number 20. I know probably producer G has all geared up with his production reel, ready to, to do the greatest hits from Wyoming if we can get that passed. So that's Wyoming. Earlier in the week, I was in Iowa. Uh, I was in Iowa. Rick Santorum went to Iowa. Mike Ferris went to Iowa. We're taking out all the stops. By the way, those guys have been to Wyoming also. Uh, so in Iowa, we passed the Senate subcommittee. We passed the House subcommittee. Uh, yesterday, oh gosh, I'm getting my days wrong. Today's Sunday. Thursday, we passed also the House full committee. That was a margin, narrow margin vote also. 12 to 11 vote, we passed that. So now we're on to the floor in the House, and we're getting ready to full move to the full committee in the Senate. I mean, I'm super excited by all this momentum. All right, New Hampshire. We had a big week in New Hampshire. Uh, not this week, but last week, we passed the House committee 13 to 5. We had strong, actually, bipartisan support came out of that committee. It's a bipartisan committee report. We went to the House floor this week. Man, I'll tell you, New Hampshire, I love New Hampshire because it is a true citizen legislature. Over 400 members are, are 400 members of the New Hampshire legislature, the House. I mean, that's real representation. 3,300 people or something per district is pretty extraordinary. Hard to get a whip count. A whip count means knowing exactly what your vote's at. And they call it whipping your vote. And uh, we couldn't get it because there's just so many freshmen. It's so big. We only have so many volunteers. You can only get so many phone calls returned. And we ended up losing that vote. And it's a bummer. I always hate to lose. I don't like to lose. But we made it further in New Hampshire this year than we've ever gotten before. So I think that's really extraordinary. And so I don't like losing, but it's really a victory because we got it further than we've ever gotten before. It shows we have more work to do, more groundwork to do. Also, the margin that we lost by was outsized by the number of people who didn't vote. There are literally 50 people who didn't even cast a vote. So I think we're going to get that done. We pushed back against the myths about a runaway convention. We debunked a bunch of that stuff. The committee report actually did that. So I was super excited about that. I'm going to move to North Carolina. I expect in North Carolina that our bill is going to be introduced any day in the House by Representative Dennis Riddell. He's one of our incredible champions. He's been with us since the very beginning. House leadership says they're going to do everything they can to pass it. They did pass it last year. Problem we had last year was a little bit of recalcitrance in the Senate leadership. The Convention of States volunteers in North Carolina were highly, highly engaged in the elections in the midterm. They were very helpful. Uh, they actually helped the Senate to get a supermajority, one seat away from a supermajority in the House. And so I think the legislature is feeling very favorable towards Convention of States this year. I expect to see a pass in North Carolina. I love that team out there. In Idaho, uh, I was out a couple of weeks ago in Idaho. I was there with Senator Rick Santorum. We were warmly received. And when I say that, that's kind of a shock for me because generally in Idaho, I feel like I go there and I get kicked in the teeth by a bunch of people. John Birch Society is there again. You know, as Mark Levin says, 
the entire John Birch Society could fit in one of those old-fashioned phone booths. If you're young, you might not remember what those look like, but you know, us oldsters, and when we we're out on the road, we used to make calls from phone booths. Like and maybe 12 people in the entire John Birch Society in the entire nation. It's so funny because when you go into these legislative hearings, there's always somebody from the John Birch Society testifying. It's always the same person. I don't know what it is with these these guys, uh, but I don't know. They like to align with Planned Parenthood and La Raza and MoveOn.org and Daily Cause and Common Cause, all the leftist organizations and the John Birch Society. At this point, I got to say, they're marching in lockstep. They're holding hands. They're playing kissy face. And you got groups like the John Birch Society and Eagle Forum that are helping now all these leftist groups to destroy America. So I don't get it. I can't explain it. Uh, they've been sold a bill of goods. They've been, uh, let's call it blue-pilled. You know the term red pill where somebody realized conservatism is real? Well, these groups have been blue-pilled. They've been they've been fed the hallucinogen on Convention of States. So we're going to face off against them everywhere we go. What we're going to do is we're going to keep it real. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to present the real research. Uh, we're going to stop the slander that the 1787 convention was a runaway convention because it wasn't. That's ridiculous. We're just going to continue to speak out against this stuff. And because of you guys, because of the grassroots, we're going to continue to have success. So in Idaho, right now, the goal is just to find the right committee to put the bill in. When I was there, had a chance to have dinner with the pro tem of the Senate. That's the leader of the Senate, Speaker of the House. They're very favorable. Now it's just time to find the, the right way to get this through the committees and onto the floor. You know, if you think about Convention of States more broadly nationally, a vote for Convention of States is a vote to say that the states should have how, say how much power Congress should have, how much power the court should have, how much power, what's the balance of power between those, those places, those institutions, and the people and the states. And I think that's really important that we, we talk about that in those terms. We're saying less power to Congress, less power to the courts, less power to the federal government, and more power to the people. Another state that's moving where we're talking about this is Kansas. Uh, Kansas is moving really well. We came, I said, I mentioned this, we came out of the House Committee in Kansas. I think I mentioned this already. That was 13-10. And we expect a, a vote on the floor in the next couple of weeks. Super proud of the Canvas activists. You know, the people who talk about the runaway convention, this is the number one question we get. What they're doing is they're unwittingly undermining the legitimacy of the Constitution. Article 5 and the second clause of Article 5, which we're using, are part of that Constitution. And the framers told us that we should use it if the federal government ever got away from us. I think it's pretty clear the federal government's gotten away from us. I know you believe that. I know all the grassroots out there that believe that. We just, I, in fact, I know the people who oppose us even believe it. And they have no argument, really, of what they're going to do. When you ask our opponents what they think we ought to do, what they will tell you is, oh, we need to elect better people. And my response to that is, how's that working for you? How's that worked for you for, say, the last 100 years? You know, the definition of insanity, you've heard this, it's a cliche, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Doesn't matter who you elect, Washington, D.C. grows. And we've seen this over and over, every single administration in the history of the United States of America, with the exception of Calvin Coolidge's administration, has grown the federal government. That's Washington, all the way on up through Biden. And yeah, that includes President Trump. The government has grown under all of these administrations. If you believe that the federal government should shrink, and you should believe that, the bigger the federal government, the smaller the citizen. So if you believe the federal government should shrink, then you can't rely on Washington, D.C. to do that. We have to do that. We, the people using Article 5, have got to do that. 
And we're seeing this being picked up, by the way, by folks that I never even expected. This week in New Hampshire, uh, our own Mike Ferris ran into the latest to declare in the Republican primary, Vivek Ramaswamy, and he was in New Hampshire. They crossed paths. He asked him what he thought about convention of states, states, and Ramaswamy gave a resounding endorsement of convention of states. I was blown away because he knew all about it. And he spoke cogently and coherently about it and convincingly about it. So now you have Ron DeSantis has endorsed the idea of convention of states. Vivek Ramaswamy has endorsed convention of states. I imagine soon we're going to hear from Nikki Haley and maybe President Trump on convention of states. I know they've been sniffing around the edges. I think you're going to hear from all the candidates. I think they're going to have to say what they think about the idea of calling a convention of states. And that puts you right where you want to be, which is in the driver's seat. See, because the country is at stake right now. It's definitely coming apart. And the question is, what do we do about it? You know, I heard Marjorie Taylor Greene last week tweeted about, we need a national divorce. And with all due respect to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and in a lot of ways, I'm a fan of hers. I don't always like what she says, but a lot of things she says I agree with. She's crazy about this. You can't divide this country between red and blue states. You know, I come from California originally, and, and I appreciate your sympathy. You can send the sympathy cards to me. I left four years ago, so you don't need too much sympathy. But in California, you have about 85% of the geography of California is red. The entire Central Valley, everything inland, North State, all the way East, it's a red state. So is it a red state or a blue state? Well, the population centers, Los Angeles, San Francisco, more and more San Diego, those population centers are blue. But so is that a blue state or a red state? And what do you do? Do you make that a blue state and Everybody who is conservative leaves, all the farmers leave. I mean, what's going to happen to the country? How about Texas? Texas, we think of traditionally as a red state. But in my own state of Texas, I live just outside of Austin. Austin's blue. Dallas is blue. Houston's blue. San Antonio's blue. El Paso's blue. So all these cities are blue, big population centers. Luckily, we have more. The majority of the population is across the rest of the state. So a red state. So what do you do? Are we a blue state or a red state? How would you divide the country? There's no dividing line. It's not the Mason-Dixon line anymore. There's no north-south. There's no east-west because the populations are so diversified. So the real solution to the country coming apart in a, <coughs> excuse me, in a nonviolent, coherent way that still allows us to stand against the existential threats in the world, like China, for example, or the Islamo-fascists or the narco-terrorists on our border, is federalism. It's to say there's a very few things we're going to do together and everything else we leave to the people in the states. It's to have a convention of states, take the power away from the federal government and go back to the people. Give the power back to the people. See, federalism is a system specifically designed for people who don't really like each other, don't really trust each other, carry different ideologies, different cultures, different regional cultures, different state cultures. Federalism makes all that work. And the framers of the Constitution knew that. And what we're trying to do in Convention of States is go back to something resembling federalism. We've largely lost that today. Most of the power resides in Washington, D.C. That's not a federalist form of government. It's not really a representative, a constitutional republic or a representative democracy any longer. And so the problem is we need to get back to our constitutional roots, back to our constitutional republic. And we need to stay together because there are existential threats in the world and only a unified United States is strong enough to face off against a country like China. We've got to do it. The states have got to take their power back and the way to do that is by calling a convention of states. So that's what we're going to do.
It's what we're doing. It's what I do every day. It's what you're doing. It's why you're involved. If you haven't gotten involved yet, you need to get involved. And it's not enough to listen and to watch. I appreciate that. I hear from you guys all the time and it makes me feel great to know that you're watching and you're listening. But the main thing is I need to know you're participating. So you go to conventionofstates.com and you click on the petition. You make sure you've signed that petition. If you've already done that, go to the take action tab. And I'm going to challenge you, if you haven't done that before, if you're a fan of Convention Estates and a supporter, but you haven't clicked on the Take Action tab, now's the time. Take action, volunteer, and decide what you want to do for us. An hour a week, two hours, five hours. we got volunteers doing 40 hours. If you're bored, you're tired, and you're sitting around, we got plenty for you to do. Get involved with your state leadership team. Become part of the solution. Don't just cry about the problem. So that's the Take Action tab at conventionofstates.com. I'm going to answer some questions now. We had three questions that have been pending, and I apologize to you guys that I haven't gotten to you sooner that I've been out. Uh, Deidre Jensen Gamblin asked, I've been told if there's a convention of states, our constitution is changed and nullified. Is that correct in any way? So I want to say, uh, actually, let me start with this. No, not correct in any way. A convention of states itself is a meeting of the states gathering, and their job is just to debate, discuss, and then make suggestions. So Convention of States doesn't change and doesn't have the power to change the Constitution in any way. And it's not nullified in any way. It doesn't go away in any way. So anybody who tells you that, they're just not telling you the truth. They're either lying, misrepresenting, or they don't understand. Now, the goal of a Convention of States is to propose amendments, to make suggestions, to limit the scope and power of the federal government, to impose term limits on Congress and federal officials, and to impose fiscal restraints like a balanced budget amendment or tax and spending caps on the federal government. That's the goal. So at convention, the delegates will debate and can propose amendments that do any of those things. And then those amendments are required to go out to the 38 states for ratification. It takes 34 states to call a convention, 38 states to ratify anything that comes out of convention. And so what that means is nothing can be changed, nothing can be nullified by a convention. But if 38 states ratify a suggestion that comes out of convention, then the Constitution of the United States can have some new amendments which help rein in federal tyranny. Vicki James Woods asks, maybe it's Vicki and James. I don't know. Maybe your middle name is James, Vicki. I've never heard that before. But Vicki James Woods says, how many states do you have? So far, I would say we have 19 and a half. We've got 19 states in the bucket. We've got Wyoming halfway there. Hopefully next Monday, that would be state number 20. William Porch asks, why is it taking so long for the states to join? I don't know, William. You should ask them that question. Now, the real answer is the founders intended this to take a long time and to be difficult. They didn't want the Constitution to be easy, easy to change. They wanted it to take a long time and require a national consensus. See, when you get amendments to the Constitution, they're what I call capstones. So if you picture sort of as a culture, as a country, we build consensus around an issue. Picture that like a pillar of stone that we're building up stone by stone by stone. And once we agree, enough of us agree, you get 34 states to call, 38 states to ratify. You put the capstone of the amendment on the pillar. That becomes part of the Constitution. So it's taking too long, if you ask me, because this is what I do every day of my life, and I'd like it to be faster. We can make it faster by you getting engaged and you getting involved because you're going to make the change. And one last thing I want to say from being out on the road the last few weeks and being face-to-face -face with so many of you, I get a lot of comments about doing this, about the Facebook Live, about the battle cry, about media appearances. The best comment that I got on this entire trip, and I heard it from a few people, is that 
they feel like they know me from doing this. I'll tell you what, I, you know, I'm not looking at you face to face, but I feel like I know you. And the reason I say that is I've met so many of you when I'm out in the field. I've talked to so many of you face to face. I've had dinner with you guys or lunch with you guys or hung out in a legislature with you guys. I've heard stories about your families or your work lives or your kids. And what's most important to me is to know you guys. And so the best compliment I could get is not, I did a great job on an interview or my testimony was great or anything like that. It's that people say, it seems like when we see you on Facebook Live or when we see you on TV, like it's really you. And that's very important to me and it's meaningful to me. So when you guys say that to me, I just want you to know how much I appreciate that, how much it, it affects me in my heart because it's not an act. I mean, I'm just, this is just me. I mean, you get to see me here in my house. I know I got pretty fancy lighting now, but this really is just my house. And you get to see my dog. I think Winston's back there. Say hello, Winston. Hi, Winston. He's sleeping, which is pretty rare for Winston. He's the baby great day now. I think he's probably around 130 pounds. He'll be a year old on March 10th. I'm pretty excited about that. It's my birthday too. So we share a birthday, but you get to see my real life. Uh, I am what I am. I'm just a grassroots person just like you. And when I'm out in the field, what I'm trying to do at my role at Convention of States is, gosh, I, I mean, people say I'm the leader of Convention of States. And in a lot of ways, I'm just a follower. And what I mean by that is when I meet you out in the field and you're telling me your stories and you're telling me what's important to you and you're telling me what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and whether I'm reading Facebook comments or I'm getting questions here, I absorb all that stuff so that when I go on the Tucker Carlson show or... I'm on Fox or I'm on somebody's podcast. What I'm thinking about is you. I'm thinking about all the things you've told me, all the stuff you poured into me, all your hopes and dreams and desires and fears for the country. And then I'm doing my best to express that in the way that you would want to do if you were on any of those shows. So when you guys tell me that it seems genuine and it seems like I'm just being me, just know that's also a reflection on you because all I'm trying to do is be a stand-in for you. Not everybody can do what I'm doing. Not everybody can do what you do. This is my role, my job. My role, my job, more, more important than anything else is to represent you, the grassroots out there in the public sphere. You who have now built the biggest, most successful self-governing grassroots army in American history. And we're just getting started. And if you want to represent, remember, you got to wear the gear, got to have the hat, got to have the shirts, got to have everything else we have. We got the flags and all that stuff at the new Convention of States store. So you go to conventionofstates.com forward slash store. And there's a promo right now just for you. COS 15, you've got 15% off on all the cool new swag. So when I see you out in the state legislature, if you can do it, be wearing the hat, be wearing the swag. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. I'll see you out in the field. And if not, I'll see you next week right here on the Battle Cry.